thecooperageproject.org. And from listeners like you who donate at wjffradio.org. Welcome to the local edition, news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Jason Dole. And coming up, we've got some local holiday stories, including an update on the new menorah in Parksville. We'll be talking to Hope Blecker coming up. The menorah just went in. They're going to have its debut this weekend as Hanukkah starts. Also, a cozy Catskills Christmas is coming to the Tustin Theater this weekend. Patricio Rubio has more on that. And we've got some more news from Albany. But first, we've got an update on Sullivan County's Youth Bureau. The Youth Bureau, it's a department within the county government. And the idea is it advances positive youth development, promotes the well-being of young people aged 0 to 21. And at this time, they're promoting what you and your young ones can do this holiday season. Our own Patricio Rabayo had a chance to speak to Kristen Kitson, manager of youth services for Sullivan County Youth Bureau, about all the events that are coming up. Patricio starts off by asking Kristen to give a refresher. Tell us what the Youth Bureau is all about. So the Youth Bureau um, helps people connect with different activities going on in the county. So we do have an Instagram page that has all the activities um, in the county. They're all free, so you could check it out at SC Youth Bureau on Instagram. The other main thing the Youth Bureau does is we get money from the county. We also get money from the state, and we allocate it to nonprofits and municipalities to run programming for youth in the county. That's great because that's one of the things I always hear is that there are not enough things for the youth to do here in the county, and it's great that you that we have this service and you are promoting what things you can do with the youth here in Sullivan County. And let's go over some of the lists. You send out a bulletin list and post it on social media uh, about events that are happening this holiday season. What are they? Absolutely. There's a lot going on. Um, yeah, over in Mountaindale, there's a Santa sleigh on December 18th. There's a menorah lighting coming up on December 24th in Liberty. Our local libraries have events going on all the time. Um, there's different drives for, for children and youth, for jackets and coats. And uh, there's a lot of caring people here in Sullivan County. And, and we're just trying to connect everybody, connect the dots and bring everybody together. Yes, definitely bring everyone together. That's what I'm hearing a lot. Uh, we're still in, in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, cases are going up, but I do see things are sort of getting back to normal. Things are, people are gathering, celebrating the holidays. Do you feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the excitement and, you know, I go and I visit these events that are going on and just to see how many people come out, how many youth come out. It's a beautiful thing. This county has so many people that are invested in, and the youth really are invested in our county too. And if you don't mind, Patricia, I'd like to touch on our um, internship program that we also have here at the Youth Bureau. Yes, definitely. Okay. So we have partnered with the Sullivan County Chamber of Commerce and the St. John Street School in Monticello, and we are doing an internship program. We want to invest in our youth um, and, and keep them here. We want them to obviously grow, get their education if that's the path they're on, but we're, we're looking to link them with, with different employers and let them know that these are amazing young people that, that can be employed. We, we're looking at each each youth individually, and we're linking them up with jobs in the county, keeping them here in the county if that's what they choose to do. Right. Like I said, there are a lot of things here to do in the county, and it's great that they 
Sullivan County Youth Bureau is highlighting that and let people know that, hey, there are things here to do for the youth and you can get involved and have a fun time here in Sullivan County. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And if there's anything going on in your area, reach out to me. I can be reached at 845-807-0394. Throw me a call or shoot me an email, Kristen.Kitson, the number two, at SullivanNY.us. Let me know what's going on. I will email blast goes out to over 700 people. I'll put it up on our Instagram page. It's just important to share and, and, and bring everybody from different areas of the county together because youth need to, they need to get together and move out of their, their pockets of, of people and, and get together. And it, it's, it's amazing. Uh, Kristen, before we go, is there anything else that we have not touched on? Do you want folks to know about, uh, the youth period? So the only, the, the other thing that we're working on, um, is we're looking at the county as a whole. So we're mapping the county. We're looking at what activities are in what areas. And then we're going to look at what areas are missing. And we're going to then work on getting activities to those areas. So, you know, we often look at Liberty, Monticello, the, the, the bigger county, the bigger towns in the county. But we are going to start really pinpointing the other areas that are missing and and get some activities going on over there. A lot of great stuff happening this holiday season. We were talking to the manager of youth services for the Sullivan County Youth Bureau, Kristen Keston. Thank you so much for joining us on the local edition. And happy holidays. Thank you. The same to you. For Radio Catskill, I'm Patricio Rabayo. Thank you, Patricio. Thank you, Kristen. This is the local edition. And uh, before we take a break, let's take a look at some of that news from Albany. A new poll shows that New Yorkers think Governor Kathy Hochul has fallen short on several major policy goals that she laid out for this past year. WAMC's Dave Lucas reports. The new Siena College poll finds a majority of voters say the Democrat hasn't accomplished key goals she set for her administration at the beginning of the year. Poll spokesman Steve Greenberg. Back in January, Siena asked voters if they thought Governor Hochul would make progress on six of the goals she had outlined in her State of the State address, including uh, making communities safer, enhancing trust in state government, transforming SUNY to be the envy of the nation, making New York a place that people want to live, not leave. So today, when we asked whether asked voters whether the Hochul administration did or did not make progress on these goals, voters give a resounding no. A majority or a strong plurality say she did not make progress on any of these issues. Fewer than one-third of voters say her administration made progress on any of the goals. Democrats, they were very optimistic back in January that she would make progress on all the goals. And today, on four of the goals, a a plurality of Democrats think she made progress. On the other two, not so much. Uh, Republicans weren't optimistic she would make progress in January. And today, overwhelmingly, they say she didn't make progress on any of her goals. Independents also strongly say that no progress was made on any of the goals that Hochul set for herself. Survey respondents continued to be concerned about the cost of living and crime. Key issues in Hochul's narrow victory over Long Island Republican Congressman Lee Zeldin in November. 
Nearly two-thirds of voters, 63%, say the cost of living should be one of the top two priorities for Hochul and legislators to address in 2023, followed by crime at 58%. Greenberg notes that crime and the cost of living are the top two priorities for Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Upstaters and Downstaters, Black, Latino and White voters. The survey shows Hochul has yet to find common ground with her constituents. Currently, Kathy Hochul is viewed favorably by 45% of voters, unfavorably by 43% of voters. That 43% unfavorable rating is the highest it's ever been for Hochul. So her job approval, her favorability ratings are above water, barely. They're down a little bit from before Election Day. Greenberg notes that in September 2021, Hochul's first month in office, 42% of voters viewed her favorably, so the numbers have remained fairly consistent. Greenberg says the tide has shifted for Zeldin, who was up 18 points from before the election. Lee Zeldin emerged from Election Day with by far his best ever favorability rating. Right now, it's stronger than Hochul. 46% of New Yorkers view Zeldin favorably. Only 32% view him unfavorably. Greenberg says that while voters think Hochul demonstrates honesty and integrity 44 to 36%, a year ago that margin was 56 to 22%. Last year, 68% of Democrats 47% of independents, and 36% of Republicans, said Hochul worked hard for New Yorkers. Today, those numbers are 66, 35, and 21%. Greenberg sees the new year as an opportunity for New York's first female governor. Governor Hochul has a chance now with the upcoming State of the State address and budget and the new 2023 session to hit the reset button and try and reintroduce herself to voters outside of the messy midterm transition and the fiercely fought election. Greenberg says political friends and foes alike will be watching Hochul's actions and words in the weeks and months ahead and how what she says and does impacts her standing with voters. WAMC has reached out to the Hochul administration and Congressman Zeldin's office for comment. There's more at WAMC.org. Dave Lucas, WAMC News. And thank you to the New York State Public Radio Exchange for that report. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking about Hanukkah, talking about Christmas. The holidays are upon us. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. In public radio, we value our relationship with each and every one of our listeners. You listen to us, and we listen to you, too. So keep our connections strong. When you join those who donate to Radio Catskill, you'll power more of the news you trust and more of the music you enjoy. So add your voice and your gift before the year ends by donating at WJFFradio.org. And thank you for being one of our valued listeners. Join me, Staff Sergeant Doug Sandberg, for our next edition of Let's Talk Vets. December 7th was the 81st anniversary of the unprovoked attack on Pearl Harbor. We attended a very special ceremony at Wayne Memorial Hospital in Homesdale. 
and we'll bring you those highlights. We also stop by the Pike County Office of Veterans Affairs for an update from Director Josiah Schrader. That's Wednesday night, 7 p.m. right here on Radio Catskill. This is Radio Catskill. Listen to us on your smart speaker. Just ask your smart speaker to play WJFF Radio Catskill. Welcome back to the local edition. I'm your host, Jason Dole. So you may recall back in the summer, we uh, had a conversation about a new fixture that was coming to Parksville, downtown Parksville, Hamlet of Liberty. And uh, it was still being created at that point. It's a menorah that's part of the town beautification initiative. And there at the head of the rails uh, to trails park in Parksville. And now we know the menorah has been built and they're having their first annual Parksville menorah sunset stroll and lighting coming up this Saturday uh, evening afternoon, which is now the evening around here because the days are so short. Joining us once again on the local edition to talk about the menorah in Parksville. It's Hope Blecker. Hope, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me back. So, um, uh, the, this is on Saturday. Well, I guess since the last time we spoke, you, you were still, uh, trying to get some design elements of the menorah. How, how did that end up coming together and, and what will people see, uh, if they come out on Saturday? So they can get a sneak preview because it went up this afternoon. So they, if people right. don't want to wait, um, they can get a sneak preview. It is up by the dove in the property owned by the town of Liberty outside of Cabernet Franks at that corner there um, at the Parksville rail trail trailhead B the symbols. And thank you for your um, summer interviews. We gained some people who shared some ideas and we have one train that will have its smokestack looking like Hillig's castle. <laughs> and we have all the other symbols are connected to Sullivan County, Parksville, and the Town of Liberty. We have 1904, which is the official founding year of Parksville. We have one symbol that resembles the motifs of the hotels because they were so integral to life in Parksville and Sullivan County. We have one symbol that represents an ice cream cone. One, the pharmacy that still stands on Main Street. One to be the traffic light, which is the um, old Route 17 and Cooley Road. And then our final three are a deer, which symbolizes the natural beauty. Turtle, going back to the inhabitants of Turtle Island and the Lene Lenape. And then our final symbol is a sunrise, which is our incredibly bright future of Parksville and the community. Oh, okay. Look at that. And uh, that's kind of looking at it going uh, from from right to left. And each of these items that we just talked about, they're essentially uh, a, a candle holder for one of the eight candles. Correct. So each symbol um, is will be illuminated by one of the candles, in this case, electric. Right. And right. so everybody will be able to see during the day. They'll be able to see it with natural um, light, and then every evening um, at 4.30 through every night of Hanukkah, um, it, each light will be lit, and by the last night of Hanukkah, which actually coincides this year with Christmas, December 25th, all the lights will be there, and um, the whole thing will be aglow. 
And so Hanukkah starts uh, at sundown this Saturday, goes for eight nights. You'll be lighting it. it Actually, actually it starts on Sunday, and Ah. we are doing the ceremony on on Saturday as part of a sunset stroll. And um, we we did it with the support of many of the um, people in the community. So we wanted to do it with... um, local people on the Saturday, just in case for some people, Sunday being the first night, they would be with their family, they would be with their friends. So we opted and worked with the um, local rabbi, and we are doing the sunset stroll, and then lighting the menorah um, at 4.30. So for people who can't do the walk or are concerned about being able to do the whole Parksville Rail Trail, you can meet us at 4.30, and... We will be lighting it um, then and having a celebration. A few people will be making speeches and thank yous, and it'll be a nice community event. Yeah, and I apologize. I got the first night of Hanukkah wrong, but I think I, I was okay. I was thrown off by the timing of of the event. So I apologize. And um, also, you've got there'll, there'll be a little bit of music from uh, Toby Innerfield and Sarah Weber. Yes, so Sarah Weber is actually a. Um, music teacher in the Liberty School District, and Toby is a congregant for Congregation Agudas Acham in Livingston Manor. So they are they are not even telling me what our musical surprise will be. So they were a little concerned about the weather. They play string instruments, so not quite sure if we're bringing out the string instruments or if it'll be a cappella. But they they are coordinating the music for it and promise that it'll be a fun event. Okay, so this is it. It's the first annual Parksville Menorah Sunset Stroll and Lighting. The menorah just went up today, so we're, we're just in time for this. And again, the, the lightings will happen all eight nights of Hanukkah at 4.30 p.m. in Parksville. There's going to be all sorts of uh, dignitaries and folks talking, as we just heard, to be a little bit of music on Saturday. Uh, and so anything else you want folks to know, Hope? Well, I just wanted to say that we will be illuminating actual the rail trail on um, Saturday as we walk. We are going to have glow sticks along the rail trail, so we are lighting our pathway. And um, a, a really thank you to everybody in the community that's helping, and it should be delightful, spectacular. And as long as Mother Nature cooperates, we're going to be there. All right. Well, fingers crossed. Yes, and I invite everybody to come and join us. Okay, well, thanks so much for giving us this update. We'll let folks know about it. And uh, the best of luck and happy Hanukkah. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Okay, and don't go anywhere, holiday fans, because we have one more story about the holidays and what's happening in the area for them. This weekend, Delaware Valley Arts Alliance and Ladybug Land presents two days of holiday music and chair. And that's holiday music and cheer. It's a cozy Catskills holiday review Reviews featuring the Hartman Sisters and violin and vocals, joined by the Ladybug Land Artist Collective based out of Keshecton Center, New York. Radio Catskills' Patricio Robayo had a chance to speak to the sisters about the upcoming show, their influences, and how they ended up playing the violin. This will be a two-part interview. Tonight's part one. Part two will air on Friday. This weekend, the Delaware Valley Arts Alliance and the Ladybug Land presents Two Days of Holiday Music and Cheer, the Cozy Catskills Holiday Review. The review will feature the Hartman Sisters, 
on violin and vocals. And they will be joined by the Ladybug Land, an artist collective based out of Cushecton Center in New York. The Teston Theater will be brimming with holiday cheer with retro-style variety show this weekend. And here to tell us more are Camila and Odetta Harmon. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Hi. So the cozy Catskill holiday review begins this weekend. You have two dates. This is the thing. Before we get into your what your music is about, I want to just say I'm really thankful you have these two dates happening. You have one on December 17th, 6 to 8 p.m., which is more geared towards adults. And then you have a family version of it on the next day, December 18th, between 1 and 3. So I really appreciate you having these two different shows. The Hartman Sisters. Was music always in your lives? And how did the Hartman Sisters start to collaborate together? Yeah, definitely. So we are sisters. We are two out of three siblings that um, grew up in Lower Manhattan in a very artistic community. And our family also spent time for the past 35 years in Sullivan County. We're down at Keshekton Center. So we are longtime WJFF listeners and lovers. Um, we were all classically trained on the violin and that kind of expanded into a more songwriting, rock and roll interest as we got older. And, you know, of course, pulling in bluegrass and country music and blues and roots and folk. And we have our own project. So we're both singer songwriters and we also love to collaborate. So this is a really special opportunity. We happen to love the holidays and we get really into the season and we have a lot of family traditions and um, this is just an amazing opportunity and huge honor to get to present a kind of variety show um, in Narrowsburg with a bunch of local guests and friends down from the city and we've got some special special entertainers joining us from the community um, yeah we're trying to just bring it all together and get everybody together you know we've been apart for a few years we were doing some online shows during covid but it's really exciting that we'll get to gather together in that beautiful theater in narrowsburg the Harmon sisters are not coming alone you're coming with the ladybug land a artist collective in cushecton center new york and you have some local legends like like jonathan charles fox can you expand on that on who exactly will be joining you on stage as my sister said, for us, one of the great joys of making music or making anything is finding the collaborators that we love to work with. And we have many dear friends that at this point we've been playing music with for, you know, a decade or more. And then we are always kind of collecting new friends and collaborators. Um, so. This, these shows up here have been a great opportunity for us to sort of bring our pre-existing community, which we call the Ladybug Land entertainers. And at this point, uh, several members of our Christmas band have been doing this for like four or five years. So it really feels like this beautiful tradition every year. And we, we get the gang back together, but there's always some new blood and, um, we are inviting our friend James Felice from the other part of the Catskills. And then, you know, we've been working with DVAA to sort of meet new people and include them in the show. Local folks that we have somehow, you know, not met yet. We had a, a call with Jonathan Fox earlier and we were all saying, like, how have we never met? This is such a great opportunity to do so. And it was so fun just talking about how to incorporate him and his skills and doing the shows on the two different shows, as you were asking about earlier, has been really a great 
uh, sort of challenge to figure out how do we make each of these really uniquely special. The Saturday night show is more for, you know, the adults, a little saucy, a little tipsy. And then Sunday is like the family hour. And Odetta and I are both educators, music educators. So um, it's been really fun just drawing on different experiences and thinking of who we have around us that can make these events feel really special with their own superpowers. Like I mentioned before, there will be two shows, a Saturday evening show and a Sunday afternoon show. Odetta, will the songs be the same for each show or would they be sort of changed up because of the audience? We're going to be presenting different set lists. So if you want to come Saturday, you'll still be entertained on Sunday. <laughs> um, there will, of course, be some crossover because, you know, we want to hit all the classics. But, yeah, we are tailoring and making kind of a bespoke uh, program for the different demographics. And, um, yeah, we, we've got a bunch of surprises in the store. So bring your kids, bring your grandma, bring your partner. There's fun for everybody. And it's not only the music that's happening on these shows. I see here that you're going to have some holiday refreshments early on and some other happenings before the show. Well, there might be some special appearances from um, holiday lore, and we're not at liberty to reveal who that might be at this moment. But we're so lucky that these shows are happening on the same day as the indie market in Narrowsburg. So we've been working with... Um, Allison and Pam, shop owners from Main Street, to find ways to sort of link these events. And there will be a raffle uh, that will include some locally made crafts and other things um, from the from the market, from the sale. So we are still kind of putting together that plan and are excited to meet the other local crafters. And we just really wanted this to be a big community affair and include everyone. It's great that you tap it into the Narrowsburg scene. You know, the Narrowsburg area has such a rich, rich art culture. I mean, a lot of parts of Sullivan County has a rich art culture already, and it's great that you're getting everyone involved. For those who have not heard your music, we heard a little bit in the beginning, but for those who have never heard your music, how would you describe it? Well, we grew up in a household that had a literal jukebox playing every kind of music you could imagine. So we, I think we like to incorporate a lot of different styles, sort of retro soul and pop. Odetta, you can speak for yourself. <laughs> well, we actually did a wedding gig this summer at the Arnold House that called for oddball folk. And we felt like that was a perfect way to describe what we do. So it's a little bit of the classics of Bob Dylan and stuff like that and Peter, Paul and Mary, but bringing a little bit more of like a futuristic bent. So depending on the project and depending on, you know, what, what hat we're wearing that day, we can go anywhere from jazz. I know for the Christmas show, we're going to be leaning heavily on a more kind of jazz and vaudeville style, you know, bringing back those old school variety shows. Um, but definitely going to get some country music, Dolly Parton Christmas songs in there. And of course, we're going to have some of the more esoteric cuts like, you know, the old Grinch might make an appearance. Um, so we're going to have a pretty far flung genre. That's what's so fun about Christmas music is that, you know, there's this 
pre-existing catalog that every recording artist since the dawn of recording has tried to put their own spin on. And so, you know, these songs can be done in so many different styles. And that's something that we love is like finding the lesser known recordings or arrangements of songs that we know super well. Um, like we're huge fans of the Jackson five Christmas album that like, you know, hearing what they did with those classic Christmas songs for me has been a lifelong inspiration. And so that's, you know, things like that. Pee Wee Herman Christmas special, just finding like funky new twists on, on classics. That's what we love to do. Christmas was lonely in 2020. We didn't know how long it would be. edition news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Stay tuned. Coming up, it's Music Emporium with Kusar Grace. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. You're listening to Radio Catskill.